0: hot teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Cast Next Door, where we love your mother's cookies. I'm Clint Worthington of Alka Hollywood, and with me is Daniel Ifland. Say hey to the people. Hello, people. This is, uh, this is minute 87 of the podcast, so we're covering like the 86th minute. This is like the first minute of actual credits Because uh, the first minute is, the the last couple minutes before that are like the pre-credits roll that we get every time now, uh, now that we don't actually put opening credits in movies anymore. Uh, So now we're in the real, legit credits. Uh, And we're lucky enough to have the cast, the cast on this cast, uh, this time around. So we get the breakdown of like you know that that thing that happens when uh, you go through the credits of a movie and you, you're finally like oh that's the guy's name or um, that curious thing where you know you sometimes you don't think that they would actually think to give surnames to a lot of people uh, like I wouldn't think that uh, that Wicked's character's name is uh, actually Vicky Lansing like did we yeah we don't hear don't a
1: Deputy Principal Lansing either which you assume would happen at some stage because it's how uh- how she would be uh talked
0: to um, yeah and like because the principal is credited as principal that's right, right yeah it's just there yeah but vicky's just vicky maybe i mean yeah <laughs> who knows i don't know i mean other than that it's pretty straightforward but there's just a couple things that i found funny like for example the two bullies are chad the bully and Forrest the bully <laughs> uh both played by kids named chad I and know. Forrest. was that very, uh, the similitude is that like, are
1: they did they go out and cast that person? Were they looking for some bullies?
0: Look, specifically with names, like, I think they wrote the names Chad and Forrest in the script, and then they had to bend over backwards to find actors. Like, these two actors showed up and they were great, and they just so happened to have the same first name as the characters. Like, I, they're perfect. I thought you Let's said they turned
1: em. up and they were lovely, and they're like, oh no, sorry, you're completely wrong for this role. Chad Forrest, oh, <laughs> perfect sorry, names, yeah. but you are <laughs> yeah, very sorry. nice people,
0: perfect names or they were very nice people and they had to go through a lot of training. They had to go, yeah, they had to go method. <laughs> they actually hung out with some actual bullies Those, uh, for weeks just to learn the psychology yeah, of yeah. being this a This is how you get you your know. head
1: thrown into a locker.
0: This is Yeah, I I fully expect their names to come up come award season. <laughs> so, let's look out for that Chad That's and right. Forrest the bullies. Yeah, and then uh then there's someone, I don't know who's what character this was, uh but, but his name is Cooper but it's C O U P E R. That was a strange one. I, 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 he sort of
1: had the area around, um, uh, Ethan as well. So I was like, is he the other man in there? But that wasn't his name. So I, I, uh, I did struggle with Cooper yeah. a little bit. Uh, the lovely Brian Mahoney is the uh, the actor. So I'm very sorry, Brian, that we've um, yeah, we've misjudged character. Yeah. There. We
0: know you're listening, and we, we're we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the best part is uh, is uh, Francois Chou's character, like the guy from Lost, uh, who did all the tapes in Lost, uh, is Detective Johnny Chu or Chow or it might be Cho, I think. Yeah, I yeah, it might be Cho. Cho, yeah, think- Cho yeah. yeah, because Jay Cho was Cato in the, uh, the- Green <laughs> Hornet movie, so that's that's how I presume all the Chos are <laughs> Francois are pronounced. Uh, so many characters here who's, who share names with their actors. <laughs> And so part of me is like, they just had these like placeholder characters, and then like maybe because they were bored, they like just came up with their own names. That's right. Well, the, but I the one know. that does
1: vary a lot was, I was looking at the uh, IMDB, and Dexter the cat plays Vicky's cat, so he didn't get his name in there, which is unfortunate for Dexter, because uh, it would have been uh, a good credit otherwise.
0: It's true. But in, in in true form, it's kind of a squeaky as Duffy situation. That is true, yes. For a much. talking cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I did there's that see, we, we do yeah. we do
1: get Rob the, Cohen first up um, when he comes up yeah a, a Rob, Rob
0: Cohen, Cohen film or a film yeah, by he Rob gets Cohen the film yeah. by
1: Rob Cohen and a very quick uh peruse of his uh producer credits um which I mean his directing credits uh-huh. are fairly well known he's a xXx and the first fast and the furious as sort of an interesting director yeah. who you think has done a lot of movies, but I think a lot of those movies have just been covered by bad movie podcasts, so that's why I have the feeling that he may have done 30 or 40 when he's only sort of <laughs> in the early teens. But um, his latest producer credit is uh, a reality show called Topless Profit. Um, so, I mean, obviously I haven't oh, seen it. Okay. Um, I'm assuming it doesn't have a large audience, but I was like, what an interesting title.
0: Well, that's, that's the landscape of American that's television, right. I guess, at this point. But uh <laughs> who knows? I'm desperately coming up with trying to come up with punny taglines, no, but it's it not happening. Be. Um That shouldn't. No, that'll only make things worse. But yeah, Rob Cohen tends to be sort of like more represented than normal in the sort of bad movie Lexicon. Uh like my podcast, for example, just did Stealth of like a month or so back. Uh, and just uh, around the time we were in the middle of recording for this, for this podcast, some of the actual like minutes. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I guess he specializes in a particular brand of schlock, but the cast next door is a little bit different. Like it's not as like triple X as, as something like triple X or stealth or fast and furious or the fast and yeah. the furious, sorry, fast and furious. That's was right. directed by Justin Lin. I don't want to besmirch <laughs> his good name, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, there's there's something to that. I guess you know combination of either either low standards or he there's something about this kind of pulpy material appeals to him. Yeah, because um, he had he'd know. only made four
1: directorial movies since two thousand since Stealth. He'd only directed three movies: The Mummy sequel, Alex Cross, and yeah. the Boy Next Door. Which oh yeah, which are not really uh-huh. of a piece. Um, I guess in the t- in the terms that they're sort of pulpy, uh, quick moving sort of trash if you want or b-movies if you like but otherwise nothing i don't think rob cohen's known for his sort oh, of you theory style oh
0: you don't remember the part in the boy next door when jet lee showed up as an ancient mummy <laughs> well is that i thought all right. i thought you he, covered well, that minute. That
1: old man could have been i'm not sure it, <laughs> we didn't yeah that was the actually this is yeah, secretly the fourth mummy movie movie.
0: after he went into hospital but in a deleted scene brendan fraser shows up that's why he disappears after after a certain point. Is that Brendan Fraser comes in and shoots him with a, an ancient 1930s <laughs> shotgun, and he says, "I still hate mummies." That's my Brendan Fraser yeah. voice, Telly I guess. I don't really why. got
1: around, hasn't he? When you look at his, when you hear those credits, and he just sort of pops up in so many of these long sequels to movies. The poor guy. Considering.
0: It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's very exhausting. Uh, but you know, it's all it's all prep work for his Expendables work, oh, that's which right. is He's nice. Expendables as well. Jesus. Yeah, well, in like, in like Expendables, just to go on a tangent about Expendables for a second, like in Expendables 2 and 3, I mean, I've seen them all. They're all garbage movies, but Jet Li, it's, it's always interesting with Jet Li, because he always shows up in like the first part, and then is gone for the rest of the movie. Like, he always makes a cameo in the second and third ones, and I don't know why they like, bother to have him around. He's always like, third billing. It's always like, uh Stallone, Jason Statham, Jet Li... But Jet Li is always in it for the first five minutes. He's like, "All right, I'm going to go home because I can't speak English very well." Um, but at the end of Expendables three, he shows back up again at the end as it is strongly implied Arnold's uh, boyfriend. Like they make oh, like I've not seen yeah. these
1: movies. They now sound more interesting than I would have otherwise thought. If
0: they, <laughs> I feel like I'm making
1: them sound more Jet, interesting than they yeah, are. Jet Li's Arnold's it's, boyfriend sounds like one of those high concept ones from the mid '90s that he made. Uh, straight after Twins and Junior.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if Danny DeVito wasn't around, you know, Jet Li... Any, anytime Danny DeVito, they can't get him, the second choice is always Jet Li. I mean, they want, <laughs> they wanted to get him... They wanted to get <laughs> DeVito from Cradle to the Grave, but uh, they couldn't make it work out. So they just, like, yeah. final settle for Jet Li. Yeah. I hope he can These kick. These two are a Let's um, just get the other one in.
1: But he... Uh, I, I imagine a lot of that work yeah. in Expendables is uh, financially driven, as he would be still a top-class box office drawer in the... Uh, in the Asian markets,
0: it's true, and and he's and he's old enough to like not really do a whole lot of action anymore. I think maybe he's recently like trying to get back into it, but uh, that's from what, from my understanding at least. Sorry about but that, enough Darren. Enough about here. Jet Li. Let's talk about, <laughs> yeah, no, keep <laughs> all of that, Darren. Uh, keep it all. I swear to God um no but uh yeah we're in the credits i mean the credits it's, it's pretty straightforward we get the we get all those cast and then we get these stunt people who uh i mean again a surprising like stunt cast for what is basically an extended tony braxton video <laughs> That's uh right. you know um but i guess we need to do that and stunt drivers because i keep forgetting about like not only is there uh like that scene with the dad and the son driving yep. out of control with the brakes out, uh, but they also have to retell the, the tale of, uh, Noah's parents getting offed. Uh, and so like, you had to have stunt drivers for that. And so like, I don't know, in a weird way, you know, having spent collectively all of us, 80 some minutes ripping this movie apart, kind of, uh, it's kind of a stark reminder to be like, yeah, there are a lot of people who, a lot of professionals who like work on this movie and, and, uh, they all have like jobs to do sometimes dangerous jobs. And, like, someone someone could have gotten Absolutely. killed making this movie. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a stark reminder to be like, hey, how dare you? And I'm like, sorry, man, the movie's still not good, and but the, we appreciate uh, the your efforts. Also,
1: uh, often are a stark reminder of how this could have gone worse. I mean, look, the, perusing Ryan Guzman's yeah. uh, filmography, he was in Gemin The Holograms. Beyond Paradise and The Boy Next Door in all in the same year, and the uh, the trailer for a movie that I will never see and have not seen called Beyond Paradise, uh, where he pay he seems to play <laughs> another sort of <clears throat> lust object again. Um, and The Boy Next Door, uh-huh. it moves, it, it 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 doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's uh, it has it has its issues, but it moves and it gets to an ending, and it doesn't do a fake out ending, which I was extremely happy about. Um, and the,
0: yeah, there's something straightforward about the boy next door. Yeah, that's and kind more of competently
1: made than you would otherwise have uh, expected from a movie, which probably makes it more interesting because it is watchable rather than. Than a dirge.
0: I guess it's about this point. We can start like reflecting on the on the thing as a whole. Like I mean, you know, again, uh, if you if you don't know this, listeners, somehow, uh, this uh, you know this podcast is a sequel podcast of sorts to another minute by minute dissection of another bad movie that the flop house has covered the the uh, a talking cat, and uh, that one is much more like blatantly so bad it's good. But uh, I think at first when I heard that we were going to be doing the boy next door, I was a little curious just because I hadn't seen it and i was like really are we going for something this recent like are we going to s- for something that like doesn't feel as like unearthed as a talking cat was because a talking cat That's seemed true, to come yeah. out of nowhere and was just this a little tiny tiny cipher because i mean a lot of so bad as good movies you talk you know that are covered on the sh- on the flop house and in here are uh, and most of the bad movie podcast world are ones that are like they're bad in at least part way because they're so cheaply made and you know, and the boy next door is not like a a big budget production no. by any means, but it's it's way slicker than most bad movies most so so bad it's good movies would be yeah that's right um but I, in in a weird way it's slickness is what's is what makes it a different kind of so bad it's good movie so i I'm really appreciative that we took this like different. Approach to it. We, we picked this different movie. We didn't just do like a Troll 2, yeah, or Verdemic kind of thing or Fateful Findings. Although, who knows, maybe that will be the third one now that we've all discovered Fateful Findings. Oh, good lord, that could be and, a and the,
1: second by second one for the, the amount of people that yeah. would want to talk about that movie. I think,
0: oh, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 fascinating, and again, like you said, like. You know for as crazy as the movie is there's a lot to weirdly admire and maybe this is one of those cases where if you stare at the abyss long enough the abyss stares back into you but uh we've been breaking this movie down for so long that we're like yeah ryan guzman's choices like there are some that are pretty solid you know that's right and I,
1: the slickness allows you to dive into the craziness of the plot rather than uh anything else that may be going on in the movie over the talking cat or or fight findings and those sort of movies you're right the actual making of the movie and the choices made for the movie making itself are what presents a lot of a lot of the comedy or a lot of the fun in watching them in this movie it is the bizarreness of the plot and the acting choices and the the sort of baffling time changes and point of views that we get which makes it a lot more fun because while you're doing that the movie's still moving it's not standing still for 35 minutes while nothing happens which which happens in some of those so bad it's good movies.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Like I think so many of the things even when we sort of rag on the filmmaking sometimes like it, it, even then those are kind of marginal measured complaints and sometimes they're a product of the baffling script and the strange performances um it's but we can't there's nothing to the to the extent of David Dickato's uh constant like you know cutting to nothing in a talking cat um like it's all it looks like it looks like a movie Mm. it looks like a a straight up movie that you could actually sit back and watch like it would be on hbo some afternoon at some point you know what i mean like it's Mm. it's mediocrity in a weird way is is what allows us to take a different path in the criticism i suppose that's right and
1: some charismatic like in obviously in the credits we see jennifer lopez guzman christian cheney There's charisma there, like even Jack Wallace yeah. and Hill Harper when they or Francois Chauve when they turn up, you're yeah. like, oh, hey, what's happening? They know what's going on. They know how to work this. This right. is this is fun yeah. to watch. Um, John Corbett less so. Oh, John Corbett, uh, <laughs> yes, less so. He, uh, uh, I have missed a lot of John Corbett's career, <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> which apparently are, you you really haven't. Uh, that, but that's what that seems to be what uh, the common theme is, is that he's a uh, he's a bit of a lightning rod for the the bland middle-aged yeah. uh, white guy
0: yeah i mean like you only have to look at he's the voice in america right now he's the voice of both applebee's and walgreens if that's an indicator as to like the kind of person that john corbett is supposed to represent the both like, in his roles yeah wow yeah both like he's yeah he's it's it's uh if you're if you're here you're you know if you're here if not that's olive garden if you're here your family um <laughs> Oh but yeah no he has yeah I keep seeing his I keep hearing his voice on the radio like all the time uh for both Walgreens and Applebees and so it's that kind of that push towards the middle that uh that sort of you know he 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 embodies in a lot of his roles like I think the best thing he's been in that I've seen is uh the husband in this show called The United States of Tara that Tony Collette in it and uh in many ways like his blandness like is supposed to be the point where, like, he's just the straightforward, boring guy, but like, Tony Collette is this woman with multiple personalities. And the thing, the interesting thing he gets to play there is being the normal guy, being sick of all this craziness and trying desperately to keep up with it, and he just can't. Yeah. Uh, so he's good in that, but then in everything else, like, I think John Corbett shines when so much else around him is insane. And. I think, for some reason, in the boy next door, especially, not everything around him is not insane enough and, to make that. Yeah, work.
1: and he's not at the center of it enough. If they had, a, yeah, it, exactly, it, it did feel like that was a little bit underdeveloped. That 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 he and Guzman should have had a more direct confrontation more often. Whereas the yeah. the movie obviously none of the scenes are about him. No, they all cut to Jennifer Lopez to uh, Claire or Kevin, which yeah, with good reason. You know, she's the star and very charismatic, and he's the he's. Kevin Uh, yeah he's Kevin (laughs) but yeah it it does feel like John Corbett's just sort of there the Garrett doesn't he's not as a uh, you know he's the instigating factor I guess as the the cheater but but that's about all
0: yeah that's true I suppose in the United Um, States of
1: Tara it's not just within the character that he needs to be bland but John Corbett himself needs to be bland because Tony Collette has such strong screen presence and then he's playing yeah. sort of these multiple personalities of a sort. That if you didn't have not just a bland character, but a bland actor, it, it, it would, yeah, it would be very difficult to watch.
0: And again, like he gets he gets more to do in in Terra because he, like you said, he is a more of a central figure where the where the conflict is between Tony Collette and him, where he starts to assert himself as, over the course of the show as to like being increasing, having his patience increasingly withered away by this like mental situation that that his wife is in and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, and of course, you know, being a, a film is different than like a two or three season television show where you get more time to do those scenes. Whereas like in boy next door, the story is Jennifer Lopez and uh, a sexy 19 year old homicidal high school student getting into sexy shenanigans. Uh, and it backfiring like John Corbett is not the focus at, at all. No. Um,
1: and Jennifer is the focus. Uh, d- like um, apart from uh, you know the obvious of Out of Sight that everybody talks about when they talk about Jennifer Lopez, do, do you have an yeah. do you have another favorite Jennifer Lopez? Uh,
0: a, a role role or it's a- yeah? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, like uh, everyone says, out of out of sight, which is probably like her big breakthrough. Yeah, and the movie's besides fantastic. like Selena. Yeah, the movie's great too. I mean, I, I think I think she's a very strong actress. I, I I like seeing her work. It's just it's interesting. Again, maybe this is the Corbett factor where you you know, you put a you put the right actor in the right role in with the, surrounded by the right like filmmakers, then you know you can shine. But uh, Jennifer Lopez, she definitely has like a brand to uphold. I think more so than like a career to explore. Uh, Jennifer, like yeah. this isn't a particularly challenging role in The Boy Next Door. Like it's, it's mostly, it's, it's kind of like obsessed a little bit, a like little. that movie from a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Where, um, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a movie marketed to, uh, to, you know, Jennifer Lopez's demographics and, you know, seeing, seeing their hero, uh, you know, stick up for stick, stick up for her own rights. And, uh, and, but at the same time still kind of get away with a little nookie with a sexy man. Um yeah I don't know.
1: She was um she had that movie it's not the same but it it's along the same thing called Enough which is a great yeah. t- which is a great title and should have been said way more in the movie. Um her, uh, her, her her character's name in that movie by the way is Slim Hiller which is just a fantastic name <laughs> and also baffling for Jennifer Lopez. That's great. Slim I was Hiller.
0: hoping that her last name was like uh Sarah Enough. <laughs> That's right. It's kind of like a Luther situation, you know. Uh or her partner's detective Johnny Cho, Cho, Um who who should totally get his own uh TV show where he just like sits around at a warehouse where at a warehouse full of uh full of destroyed cars from years long years dead cases to like to escort people around be like hey you really are in some danger. Good luck.
1: Good luck. That's right. You really paused before you gave an answer then when I said are you okay. But
0: that's okay. Goodbye. I
1: know yeah, a, you know,
0: you know. I, I I can't read people. W- 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 what do I look like? A police officer?
1: Maybe he could. Um, I always wanted to know that there was. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. I know that there's sort of those Adult Swim projects where they the, the SUV or SVU, NTV, or yeah. I forget what it's called. But I assume there'd be a fantastic one of them just to get together all of sort of the detectives that live in that area. Sort of the the warehouse people, the smart people. The I forget what her name is on NCIS. Um, BD uh-huh. BD Wong, even Emil Skoda maybe could pop in from Law and Order. Just all the, oh, yeah. the ancillary experts from all of these shows and movies all together. Um,
0: who in, in all have the have the perpetrators? They all have the perpetrators perfectly profiled, but no one is qualified to actually go out and get them. That's right. Oh, there's
1: a serial killer after all of them because they uh, all the serial killers that they've ever put away are all after them now, and they have to <laughs> track great. down who it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. We should totally, that should totally be a thing. You Hear that Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow,
1: Toonies available. Um.
0: Yes, <laughs> of course. Oh man. Well, I mean, I think that's we've we've blathered on a lot mm, about apologies. the credits and and the film. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I've I've done my fair share of blathering as well. So um, I don't know. Like, what, what's your what's been your thoughts? Because you weren't around for talking cat, right? You joined for cast next door, or were you around for that's right?
1: No, cat? I was just a consumer of. Uh, uh-huh. A, a talking cat um, enjoyed it enjoyed uh-huh. it very much but um, when the when the call went out I thought oh I'll try this, this was my very first podcast um, uh-huh. that, that I've ever yeah how, how was that experience for you it was you, fun you think you'll do more yeah I mean yeah. I'd like to just for fun obviously I, I, don't, um, of course, I don't have yeah. anything to do with it. it's, it's, it's a lovely experience and it's a, such a fast way of meeting and talking to people that's what I, I really enjoyed uh, I had Park yeah. I had Park and Antu on my uh, podcast and Jody on my um, bonus podcast and sort of you know you have a an hour chat or a two hour chat with someone and that's really nice and something that we don't get to do as often as I'd like so I really enjoyed yeah, absolutely. it absolutely um, and I enjoyed listening yeah. to it too
0: yeah absolutely and it's a great chance to like again like like, that, like like what's happening right now getting a chance to talk to people from around the world about this shitty <laughs> Jennifer Lopez movie yeah. that we all decided to like dig into to find out what the deal is On. with this movie uh um, in- who's really yeah, Sorry, At the end of the day, it's only it's only one notable moment. Like the reason everyone knows about it is that crack about the Iliad. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and it's enjoy. It's it's
1: a good enough movie to have uh, to be watchable with. I watched it with my partner, so she she was able to watch it. I and mean, I think if I watched sort of a talking cat or something, it may it may be a little bit tougher to um yeah to bring in. But <laughs> she, she watched this movie with me and had a, and had a good time and. Uh, It it proved deep enough uh, and enjoyable enough to dig into. It is a very difficult thing to explain to people. Obviously, yourself, you you have um, lots of other podcasts and and, and you're in that sort of area. When you have to explain this to other people, that I met some people Mm -hmm. through a Facebook group of another group. And uh, none of my friends or family are particularly big podcast listeners. So it was a, a... I had to draw a long line to get them to where I was onto a podcast talking about a Jennifer Lopez movie that they'd never heard about. It was a, I had several interesting uh, discussions when they were asking where I was that day.
0: All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, uh, Daniel, thanks so much for, for for talking with me about this crazy, crazy movie. Thanks. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, Clint Worthington, with my guest, Daniel Ifland. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at FirstEdIliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork by Josh Hollis, edited by Darren Husted, produced by Darren Husted, executive producer, Clint Worthington. The Boy Next Door is owned by Bloomhouse, Smart Entertainment, New York and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition. Thanks for listening to a Talking Cast. But pre- sorry, I'm gonna do that again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Talking Cast presents the Cast Next Door. I was your host, Clint Worthington, with my guests. Daniel, a- with my see, because the, the prompt says with with my guests, expecting that there's more than more one. Than one. I just read. I read. I read it like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> How come Darren hasn't had more fun with that? I know. It's it's and it's and it's Iffland, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Take three. Boop. <laughs> Thanks for listening to a Talking Cast presents the Cast Next Door. I was your host, Clint Worthington of Alka Hollywood, with my desk, my desk. <laughs> Damn it, <At> your desk. <laughs> my desk with my st- sitting at my desk <laughs> with my guest. <laughs> Take four. Boop.